Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in Manila, Philippines. I just did a whole day workshop all about digital nomadism. And tomorrow I'll be doing another seminar. So in the midst of it, doing my podcast interviews as well. So super excited to interview fellow authors because I have my fifth book coming out this Sunday, uh, all about uh, Asian travel. Uh, I've, I've been doing a series about exploring the continents to inspire kids to travel and see this amazing world that we all live in. And uh, one of the things we love to do is interview fellow authors and especially fellow kids book authors. And we have an amazing duo who have created five kids books and a sixth on the way. Uh, so our guests today are Kimberly and Veneta, and uh, they are the creators of Lou Knows What to Do. And they actually have a series where Lou does a whole bunch of things, and uh, basically Lou is teaching kids about social skills, and uh, the books are targeted a lot to do with uh, kids with autism and ADHD and other social anxiety, like, you know, even travel and uh, going to the dentist, doctor for the first time. So which kid isn't afraid of that? I know my kids certainly are. So super excited to cover this topic with our guests, so Kimberly and Vanita, how are you guys doing today? We're great. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on. So uh, why do we get to know you guys uh, before we get into the books? Why don't you trace us back and share a little bit about uh, your stories? Um, I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first, and then you guys can uh, share a little bit more about your background and your stories. Sure, I'll go. Um, so I'm Kim. And I'm a speech language pathologist or a speech therapist. I'm also a mom. I have two kiddos. I have a seven-month-old girl and a four-year-old boy. Uh, we both live in South Florida. So we're here sweating and trying to pretend like we're enjoying the fall right now. But, <laughs> Although um, it's windy today. It is. It's slightly windy, but still like 90 degrees. Um, so yeah, and Benita and I met working at a school for kiddos with autism in Palm Beach. And um that's how we we kind of teamed up and started writing these stories. I'll let her tell you a little bit about herself. Okay. Um, so like Kim said, we met at the school for children with autism and there were certain types of books that we would, you know, use with our kids that had like anxiety towards new situations or needed to work on social skills and they're called social stories. And so we were constantly writing them. And when we would do like a very popular published book like Pete the Cat, and then we'd present our like handwritten book it just didn't have the same appeal. And so we're like, wait, there's got to be something out there published that, you know, uses the same format. And sure enough, there wasn't. So we're like, huh, let's like look into this a little bit more. And that's actually how we came up with the series. And that's really common, like for parents and professionals to write kids their own social stories and kind of create stories as per the need of whatever that child is specifically anxious about but we just noticed there wasn't any published works. And we were like, why not? That people shouldn't always have to reinvent the wheel, especially with popular topics that are always a source of anxiety. Yeah, so you guys uh, basically uh, uh, solved the problem that you're seeing, right? Be the change you want to see in the world, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so let's take it back to the beginning. When you first had this idea, um, who had the idea? Was it both of you simultaneously? Was it one of you? And then how did you convince the other uh, to get these books out there from idea? to, you know, written, published, printed, online, and physically. Walk us through that process. I feel like a couple months went by and we kept constantly saying, um, 
why are there not books out there? Because at that school, we kind of did like these whole language therapy groups. So you're looking for a story that's going to keep six to 10 children engaged. And that's not easy to find necessarily, you know? Um, and I feel like we just kept spending so much time in the office writing them saying, why doesn't someone make these for us? Why doesn't someone make these for us? Yeah. I don't know. I was it, I don't even remember because it was so long ago if it was you or me who said like, we, we really need to try to do this. I did like, I remember a moment where, because she was kind of like my mentor at that time, I was a newer, like clinician in the field and so I was like hey Kim like are there any books like to address this and she's like no but that would be such a great idea and then we started meeting like every weekend um looking up you know research you know kind of seeing what topics would be the best to implement for like a story that's going to be used with a lot of kids and um we we submitted to one publisher and we're like oh let's just try it out we knew nothing about what we were doing and um, waited six months because that's how long they said we would have to wait. And uh, we ended up getting a rejection, which, you know, we were like, okay, well, let's just try and send it, you know, to more. So we did a, we had a booth at a local Autism Speaks yeah. walk and got a lot of really great feedback. And it kept us, it like put the wind back in our sails again. And we're like, okay, like, obviously this is a good idea. Like now let's just submit it to all the other publishers we had on our list. And then we heard back like two weeks later, yeah, I think you so called nice. me and you're like, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, I want to be clear too. There are definitely like lots of stories that teach about social skills, but a lot of them are geared toward behavior. Like teeth aren't for biting or hands aren't for hitting. Ours are more about like teaching us a specific scenario and what's going to happen here. And here are some things you can do, some suggested behaviors, because, you know, kids don't want to read a book about just rules that say no running, no hitting, no this, no that. No one wants that, you know? I mean, your kids wouldn't sit and read that. And they're adorable, by the way. I saw them. So cute. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll be making a video with me reading the kids. So stay tuned for that one. I'll actually have a link below and, uh, you know, it'll be a cool little video there for you guys to use in your marketing. Uh, so what did you know about uh, this character, Lou? Uh, you know, he's uh, the hero, the, the, the kid in the story where a lot of kids can identify with Lou. Tell us a little bit about him. How did you come up with this idea for Lou? And tell us about his personality and uh, a little bit about his characterization. Sure. Um, I mean, he's a little boy. We picked a boy, I think, because most kiddos with autism, there's a higher rate in boys. So we wanted a character that kids could identify with, especially because there's not a ton of books out there, you know, either um, for children with autism, but also just that have characters with autism. Um, anywho, but then Vanita was the one who definitely brought up like that all these great children's books have um, like a piece of like a whimsical component. And so that's where we came up with the bubble piece. That was definitely all you. Well, I think we, we started thinking about like ways to like make it kind of like he looked into the future and saw what he was supposed to do in those situations. And then we came up with bubbles. I think bubbles are just like a really popular therapy tool. <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of like, we were going to go route of like a magic ball, but then we're like, for religious reasons, maybe not the best route to go. So we did the magic bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, and then your son's name is Luke. And we were yeah. like, it rhymes with do. So <laughs> that's kind of how it came together. Yeah. So uh, Lou has been on uh, several different adventures, uh, five and counting. Uh, so tell us about some of the adventures so far. Uh, maybe talk about it in the release order. So from the first to the fifth. Sure. So um, the first one that came out was Supermarket. And we've had so many parents talk to us about the struggles of bringing their child to the supermarket and how stressful it is. Um, and I can attest to that as a parent too, just it's a thing you have to do every single week. So it's, you know, definitely it keeps coming up. 
Um, and then after that, we have so many kiddos that have special diets or food allergies these days. So that's why we wanted to write a book that spoke directly to those children to give them some safety guidelines, but also show them lots of kids, you know, have this situation going on. Um, and then the last one that was released in 2017 was Birthday Party. And that one I feel really speaks especially to, to any kid. And you don't just have to have social anxiety because if you've never been to a birthday party, then you don't know what to do in that scenario. Um, and, and, you know, we just go through in each of the stories, like the, the main events that the child will definitely see. So we don't go too specific because we don't want it to not apply to that child's scenario. But at a birthday party, you can expect to see presents. You can expect to see a birthday cake. You're going to eat something. You should say happy birthday. Those are the kinds of things that we touch on. Yeah. And all while keeping it like in a positive tone. Mm -hmm. So instead of like, don't run in the halls, like for the supermarket, we would say like, you should walk safely because, and we give like an example, like, you know, so you stay safe. Um, so we want to try to keep it in a positive tone throughout like all of the books. And then we had two release this year. I'm going to talk about those. And those were um, doctor's office and restaurant. And uh, Vanita mentioned we went to an autism speaks walk and, and parents were super receptive. It was so, it was so great, uh, such a great event to attend. And, and we sent out a survey that said, you know, what else would you like to see? What kind of loo books? And a lot of people said, you know, my child is so stressed about going to the dentist or the doctor, or even just for a checkup. And also the same, like our family can't enjoy restaurants. You know, we really want to be able to do this. And again, as a parent, you want to be able to go out somewhere. So, you know, we definitely saw the need for that. And that's where those arose. <laughs> so what's next? Uh, you got Lou number six coming out and Lou number seven, eight, nine, ten, and beyond. So give us a little sneak peek into what's Lou, uh, Lou going to be up to. So the next Lou book, uh, hopefully releasing next spring, is going to be Playgrounds. Uh, we were going to do school and then you know, we worked in a charter school, so we didn't have like a lot of things that typical mm -hmm. schools have. And so we're like, wait a minute, like, it's just too broad. So we decided to do playground because the playground can definitely be a source yeah. of anxiety, negative behaviors, and all sorts of things. So um, we talk about that in like a positive tone and what children should expect and how to act in those in, on the playground. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen again, even with my son, the playground is, you know, um, a difficult kind of place to navigate. There's so much going on. There's kids everywhere and there's different noise levels and just a lot going on. I've seen my, just a, a couple months ago, actually. So we went to the playground and my son is three and he kind of moved up to these two children on a seesaw. And at the time he was pretending to be a vampire, but like these children don't know that he's pretending to be a vampire. And he, so he just kind of sat next to him to the seesaw and he like pulled out his fangs <laughs> And I turned to my husband and I was like, oh my God, he's the playground creeper <laughs> and we need to do something about this. And just like my daughter was a couple weeks old at this point, maybe like six, seven weeks old. And I was holding her. And with that, this like other preschooler came over and was like, oh, let me see your baby and just took her legs and started like pulling on them. And my husband was like, now who's the playground creeper? <laughs> so I was, I was glad that playground was already in the books after, uh, after that experience. 
Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, I had a chance to look at them pre-interview and the, the books are great. And of course, the illustrations are phenomenal. Tell us a little bit about your illustrator. Sometimes the illustrators don't get the due diligence and the credit that they deserve, right? So let's put the illustrator for this in here and uh, talk us about how you connected with the illustrator and uh, uh, how do you work together in terms of authors and illustrator? What's the back and forth look like? Okay, well, we love to give our illustrator credit. So I'm really glad that you brought it up. His name is Andre Carey. And actually, so my husband um, works in the art industry and has his own business and Andre, they met through college and Andre worked for my husband for a little while and then he ended up moving to Virginia. Um, so, hey, Andre, if you're listening, <laughs> um, but he like we told him about the book series and asked him if he could do the illustrations because I knew what a great artist he was. And this was we did the illustrations and actually submitted the like a full book to the publishers, which I know isn't always recommended, but we felt like the, the book, because it was written in a therapeutic way, like the illustrations would really bring out the storyline and how cute it can be and appealing to kids. So he did those for us. And we're really happy that, you know, we've continued to work with him and actually Boys Town agreed to have him, you know, join in and finish the rest of the series. So we were very happy about that. So he, he made Lou so colorful and, you know, so inviting. Um, and it's kind of funny because I feel like I have people ask me all the time, like, oh my God, it's just amazing. Like, how did you make those pictures? And I'm always like, I didn't make the pictures. <laughs> like, we wrote it. And then they're like, oh, all right. That's great too, I guess. So, but I definitely feel like visually, um, you know, Lou is, that's one of the main reasons that Lou is popular and it, he's kind of interesting to look at. Um, and it's just, um, it's so funny because I, I kind of feel like that's part of the reason that we got published. Like we did have this complete piece to show them a picture. Like they could really see our vision too, you know? I'm not, yeah. And also like from a, like a therapy standpoint or just like if parents wanted to make like social stories for their kids, let's say it was a topic we don't have yet, you know, illustrations, if you could even just get pictures online, it's really great because some of our kiddos, they may have like difficulties with, like auditory processing. So like understanding what is being read to them and by having the pictures, it like supplements that concept that we're trying to teach them. And also when you're rereading, those kids can always find new things in the pictures and um, it keeps them interested too. I could see it definitely um, being appropriate for a parent. You, you're so into travel and I could definitely see a parent making a social story related to travel, especially because people go all different places and different trips really require, you know, different information that you would put in that story. And um, I, I give you all the credit in the world because sometimes I just take my kids to Disney today and I find that so exhausting. And I don't know how you're traveling the planet with three little ones too. Well, you know, we're talking about social anxiety for kids. Well, hey, us parents have even more anxiety. But boarding those airplanes, like kids freaking out, you know, those long bus rides, long trains. So we need books for us adults to deal with our own social anxiety, guys. It's so yeah. true. I, I feel so anxious in that area where you're getting ready to board the plane when people are looking at you and they're already annoyed because you have children with you and they haven't even done anything. And you're just trying to be like, look how cute and well behaved my child is. They're not <laughs> going to be a problem on this flight at all. It's so funny. Yeah. <sighs> it's almost like the walk of shame when you're walking down the aisle and like, people are staring at you and you're just like <laughs> pointing to avoid the eye contact. Just take me to I'm not going to make a cut. I'm going to sit down and hope and pray and wish that my kids are going to be calm the whole flight. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so in terms of kids, uh, like what age range are you targeting here? Are you targeting kids who can read on their own or parents who read to them? Walk us through that kind of the, the kid version and also the adults reading to the kids. So I think, you know, there's books are kind of sectioned out like in the industry. So we would say probably pre-K through fifth it would be appropriate for um, because it has like those illustrations in there. You know, it can be a child who's being read to because they can get the gist of the story by looking at the pictures. We also include a repeated phrase on every page. It's Lou knows, but every page starts with that. So those little kids who aren't quite reading yet, they can help be a part of the story reading. So, and then for kids who are older um, and also like, you know, kids with special needs, some of them, their reading level might be different than their age level. So they can certainly read this book and we include comprehension questions at the end as well to check for comprehension. Um, because we found that like from research and stuff that that was the most important thing was like checking for comprehension. Like, okay, we read through the story, but do they under really understand what it was about? Yeah. And where did you have a hole or, you know, and I, I definitely think the age piece, especially for when you're working with kids with autism is confusing because there are children that are much older that could benefit from some of the things that we're saying, especially in, you know, supermarket or, um, really anywhere, actually, I guess any of the titles it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, since you guys are speech uh, language pathologists, I got to ask you some tips. Uh, you know, obviously, there are going to be some parents here who are watching and listening who do have kids who are autistic or on the spectrum or have ADHD or any kind of language impediment. Uh, so what are your top tips for those parents? Um, I mean, I guess in terms of like visiting a new place, the, the main thing is preparation for sure. Um, you know, definitely tell them beforehand, read the book more than once so that this way you're giving repeated exposure because the whole research behind social stories is that if you know what to expect, then you feel prepared. And that already, then you have less anxiety and less of the negative behaviors that can occur when you're feeling anxious. Um, but like in terms of actually what they're saying to their kiddos, I think mm -hmm. it's fair to say, don't give too much information at once. Like don't speak in an entire paragraph and say, we're going to go to a birthday party and you're going to see music and toys and say happy birthday and, you know, break it up one at a time. Just like in the books, we take just one topic, one to three sentences per page, take breaks as you're explaining this to your child. So it's not overwhelming for them. And then also I would say, keep it very positive. I just did a presentation recently to a group of parents and they told me an example, like, I guess their child was like picking stuff off the ground and like, I don't know if they were putting it in their mouth or what. And they're like, how do we address that? And so I told them like in the books, we, we rephrase things. So it's positive. So instead of don't pick that up, we would say, pick that up and put it in the garbage. So give them like an alternative, but make it like positive. Don't put those no and negative phrases in there. So that's something important too, to keep in mind. I think that's true. I feel like that even with my own kids, I see a difference when I just tell you what to do instead of saying what not to do. It's, it's like as soon as they hear no, there's automatically like some <laughs> angst behind yeah. them. I don't know. <laughs> and also you made a good point. Like when we have to do like read our HR manuals for like a new job, uh -huh. like it's all about like what not to do and like how fun is that to read, you know? So <laughs> for kids, definitely not a good good way to go for sure yeah definitely definitely agree there so you guys also are podcasters fellow podcasters so i gotta you know give you guys a shout out to your podcast tell us a little bit about the podcast how long has it been running what's the show and what what are the themes and topics you guys cover on the on your podcast 
Sure. So it's called Speechy Side Up. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, all the um, all the regular places you would see a podcast. Um, and it's mainly geared towards speech language pathologists. Although I do feel like parents and other people interested in our profession could take something away from it. Um, and we typically interview some specialists in our field or some big Instagram SLPs. Um, and we get their, their take on their specific craft or specialization. Um, and even some regular stuff, like we usually play games with them uh, just like to find out a little bit about their life outside the speech room. Cause some of them have a lot of followers on Instagram and people want to know, you know, more about them. Um, it's been a lot of fun and a learning curve. What, when did we start doing it? We started it, I believe in July, and I think we're on our 13th episode now. We release it one time a week, but we have, we'll go and I think we'll go until the end of the year. We're going to take a little bit of a break during the holidays because you know how <laughs> that process can be <laughs> recording. And it's been really, really fun though. And we do have a, a really well-known children's author that we interviewed and then, um, a specialist in the area of AAC, which is going to be good for kids that aren't speaking yet. So that might apply to parents who are interested. Yeah. 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 It's been really fun. And I can't speak at all about the tech part because Vanita is amazing at all the tech. And I don't know, it's like, I'm still living in 1985. I don't, I don't understand a lot of it. Well, that's why you got the tag team there, right? So you can focus on your strength and, uh, you know, like, you work together as a team. Absolutely. So true. Uh, so I want to uh, end with some hope. Uh, you know, a lot of parents uh, who uh, find out that their kids have autism or on the spectrum, they get quite discouraged. I, I have uh, quite a few friends who are in that situation, and I can kind of tell by the emotions and uh, even reading between the lines that there's actually, uh, I don't know if it's despair or discouragement or a lack of hope. So I'd love to end with hope, encouragement, and support, and uh some words of encouragement for those parents who maybe just found out that the kid's on the spectrum and they're feeling a little bit down. What would you say to them? Oh my gosh. I feel like I've talked with so many parents at this specific stage and it's so overwhelming in the beginning because they have to talk to a billion professionals and speech therapists, possibly other therapists, doctors. So as it is, it's a lot of information to take in, but I've, I've been working with autism my whole career for a lot of years. And, um, if you meet one child with autism, you have really met one child with autism. And you know, there's no saying where they can go. I would, I would urge those parents to kind of research everything really thoroughly and take their time and be patient with themselves, but also um, you know, plug away with those therapies and keep pushing what's important to you because I've seen kids who are aggressive and nonverbal as young children that I, I now see in a college situation today. And I'm not saying that that's every kid and that that's what's going to happen, but I've seen moms plug away and put in the work. So just because today you're not doing so great, it doesn't mean that down the road you can't be successful and you can't improve. And I think that one of the biggest things is that they're so overwhelmed because you may be dealing with feeding issues, sensory issues, sleep, behaviors, lack of communication. So it's really hard to focus on, you know, one specific area and really target it when you have so many but just be patient to your research and you're going to get there. Just set those goals and make sure you're reaching attainable goals and get a good team that you can trust to help you reach them. Yeah. And I would say that also there's so many great communities out there now in terms of like Facebook groups, um, you know, Instagram. So try to join one of those groups as well. I think you'll feel like you're very more supported. I think sometimes it can feel kind of lonely, mm -hmm. uh, but there are some really great groups out there. 
for sure, for sure. Awesome. Thank you for ending uh, with that uh, note of hope and encouragement and support. Uh, there's uh, obviously a lot of different communities out there and Facebook and, uh, you know, uh, people like yourself that you uh, can go to for some advice and tips. So thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us on. So in conclusion, um, how can people connect with you? Uh, obviously, they can purchase the books online and also in bookshops, but also you got your podcast, the website and more. Uh, tell us all the ways that people reach out, connect and find out more. Sure. So we're on Instagram at SpeechySideUp, S-P-E-E-C-H-I-E-S-I-D-E-U-P. And on iTunes as a podcast and other podcasting platforms, you should be able to find it under that name as well. And our blog is releasing pretty soon. We had a previous name. We're switching over. So you should be able to, all that information will be transferred over. And then the books you can find on voicetownpress.org or any major online retailer like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Awesome. Uh, I'll have those links below. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be right in the YouTube description. If you're listening on iTunes, it'll be right in the show notes. Uh, so it was a joy and a pleasure to chat with both of you about your books and about uh, the bigger issues around autism and, um, you know, the spectrum. And uh, thanks so much for coming on to our show here today. Thank you so again much. For Enjoy us. your travels. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I look forward to Lou travels around the world. <laughs> hopefully someday yep yeah. <laughs> all right thank you coming soon to a bookshop near you yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you Vinita. thank you um kim and uh thanks everyone for tuning in to this very important inspiring and educational episode and uh, make sure you grab a copy of uh, uh Vinita and kimberly's books make sure you grab a copy of our book too about exploring the continents and uh, world travel with young kids and we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode of digital nomad mastery where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Bye.